Good morning and welcome to Fantastic Recovery. Morning, Ronnie. Good morning, Richard. How are you? Oh, I'm very well. I thought I'd get that in first as normal as you ask me. Well, yeah, absolutely. We have to turn things around once in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've been busy. Okay. And trying not to be too busy, which is a game in itself. Right, I need to cut this out. I need to not do this. Oh, no, but I've got to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I still use the planner thing whereby I'll do two planners. One is filling out what I've got to do during the week and one is filling out what I've actually done. Oh, and then looking at the gap between the two, <laughs> which is often the case that there is a gap between the two. Massive gap usually, I should imagine. It's not massive at the moment, actually, and it's more that I have to be more organised. Because mm-hmm. my response way back when was always to just get more and more chaotic because I didn't organise, whereas now I make a point of organising. I think I have to find time to batch cook and things like that. I've really batched, I haven't got that far to be fair, but I think back in the day I just didn't need to be organised because I wasn't bothered about whether anything got done or not. <laughs> I think with me it was more that I was reactive. It's like whatever was in my face I would deal with. If you had to. But I didn't then. necessarily prioritise or other things. I was just doing things like a whirling dervish. Mm-hmm. Whereas now I've got my list of things that need doing. Mm-hmm. And if I haven't done them, they go back into an organised list. Oh, okay. It's not that kind of mm. chaotic non-organisation that went on and on and on. Of course, when you're like that, you never do anything properly. No, of course not. But and it all tends to be, let's just rattle this off and oh, that'll do. And it's very kind of cursory, whereas now I'm a lot more organised about things and a lot more aware of what I need to do during the day and what I need to get done. I think if you want to live a peaceful life and a comfortable life, then I think you know if you keep on top of things and and get what needs done doing when it needs doing, that equates to an easy life, doesn't it? Oh, it does. It makes things easier. And I think the difficulty for me is that I'm not naturally organised. See, I must be. I think <laughs> if you look at my room, it's very organised, and it has been mentioned that am I controlling? Because my room controlling is... your environment? Surely not. Surely not. Yeah, and I was talking with somebody down, similar to me, and we said, well, if we was to suddenly go blind, I would still know and be able to function in my room so I know exactly where everything is or where it should be and be able to carry on as normal. Uh, I wouldn't do so well there because I've got things precariously hanging from one place to another and bits of paper all over the place. and Not like clothes? Disorganised (laughs) organisation. No, no, clothes, none of that. But when it comes to bits of work, I'll have bits of work here and bits of work there. Right. I know where everything is, but it's spatially in the room. It changes. There's not actually a visible organisation to it. Mm-hmm. In terms of where things are, I have to be really conscious. I have to consciously tell myself, I need to organise this room or I need to organise this. Because otherwise I won't. Otherwise I'll just let it go. And then have some mad cleaning spree where I clean the whole house and put everything in order and then when I put everything in order and clean the whole house I can't find anything are you one of those that does a full clean and spree and put everything in order and then just break it all back down again really quickly or oh it all end up getting broken down because whatever I've done to meticulously organize will have to be undone at some point because I have these wild schemes that get in the way of organization I never quite got that I have a housemate like that. It'll blitz from top to bottom and then by the time the night comes, it's almost like nothing was ever done in the first place. <laughs> it's like, wow, well, what happened there then? Like, each to their own and everyone's different and all that. Yeah, but I think some form of organisation is necessary, like you say, for mm-hmm. a, a relatively calm and collective life. We need to be organised in a way that perhaps we weren't before. 
and we have to find our own way of being organised, whatever that is. It does help. Because otherwise it doesn't take me long. If I stop getting up at the same time, if mm-hmm. I stop doing the same things first thing every day, it doesn't take much for me to get chaotic. I think it's good to have a bit of order. And this morning we have no Matthew as Well, yet. he's on his way, so he will appear at some point. So what is it with these buses all the time? You can blame the buses because the buses are always late by at least three buses margin or whatever you want to call it. Uh, so, you know, you just get one bus, the next one is due in 10 minutes, but actually you don't get one for 40 minutes. Well, I'm very privileged. Mm. Uh, coming back from where I am at night, I invariably have to get the number 11 and the number 17, which I think must be vying for top position as the least reliable buses in Birmingham. Yeah, Dover, the number 11 always has been, hasn't it? Last night, the number 11 actually turned up when it was meant to. Really? But then I got to the 17 stop, and there were three late buses on their way and they were on their way within five minutes of each other and this was at what, half past ten fortunately because i was actually slightly late getting to the 17 stop fortunately they were late otherwise i'd have been waiting till 10 past 11. but then one of them turned up eventually at quarter to 11. see the number 11 that you called that you thought was on time was actually probably not it was probably the, oh no it was probably the, the late 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 late, yeah, late it was probably was. an hour late wasn't mm. it mm. it's the roadworks as well now isn't it oh it's spectacular it's, it's this great action of making everything much more inconvenient than it needs to be. Let's do some road work. So let's dig up the whole of the main road that leads into Birmingham. Let's dig it all up. Let's make it one lane going both ways. So we've got traffic lights everywhere. Oh no, this is too easy now for someone who wants to get back to Sheldon. We need to put a load of roadworks and a diversion in the back of Small Heath as well. And let's dig up the whole Cov Road. That'll really inconvenience everybody. And, and the thing is, they've restructured, it took them two years to do that one road, and it's to accommodate a bus lane. And since it's been built, or since they've rearranged it, I've never seen a bus on it. Oh no, you won't. Bus lanes aren't for buses anymore. They're just for. They're probably for cyclists. What or, they, they, or for they, show. That bus runs once every 45 minutes, if it's on time. The bus that goes down that road, and I've never seen it. Well, let's hope that there's some sense of order restored in time for the Commonwealth Games. I remain to be convinced. I've heard that they're going to have to redig all that up anyway. Well, of course they will. Yeah, because they're going to do a cycle lane. Well, no, because they've got to dig it up again so they can look down the hole and drink cups of tea. Mm. And put a cycle lane in, you know, for the cyclists. <laughs> never... The cyclists that go on the pavement. I think if I were organising that, it would still be worse. There'd be various bits that were perfectly done and there'd be a huge big planner on the wall with all these scri- scribbles on it. And I'd have this grand scheme for how it was all going to work. And then I'd forget various little details and there'd be roads that were blocked off for months. Anyway, we will begin with a dilemma Mm -hmm. as we're waiting for Matt. One of your best friends is in court on a drunk driving charge and likely to get a custodial sentence. He asks you to say that you were driving, saying that he'll pay costs and the fine. Do you A, flatly refuse, saying he's got to face the consequences of his actions? B, say you'll do it, then say the opposite in court. (laughs) C, agree, but only if he pays for your new jacuzzi. D, tell the police he tried to bribe you so he'd get off. Or E, agree, as it shouldn't affect you too adversely. Oh, it's an honest programme, so... There's what you'd want to do, and there's what you'd actually do. Yeah, there is. There's there's quite a few things on there. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily want to go to the police and get somebody done for bribery or whatever you call it and obviously the, the correct answer is 
Did you put the correct answer in there? Yeah, do nothing. Refuse, say he's got to face the consequences. Yeah, that's the one, yeah. And of course, I could have added, well, there's no point asking me, I don't have a license. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's always that one. I would probably go down the line of, you know what, I would do it for you back then. But nowadays, I'm doing things very spiritually, and I'm sticking to the rules, <laughs> and I've got God on my side, and I will not do it. You'll have to find somebody else to do it or fess up. Whereas in the back of my head, I'm thinking, I want my moment in court where I denounce him. Denounce. So, well, actually, that's not what happened, Your Honour. What really happened was he tried to bribe me to go... Imagine, you've just recorded it. Oh, sorry, what was that? You wanted me to do again? Record it on your phone and then take it to court. Oh, oh shit, I've got this wrong. Oh, I am terribly sorry. Oh. And, of course, I couldn't admit to be the one driving because I haven't got a licence and that would have sent me into jail. Yeah. So and I was trying to think of other people we could possibly blame. Oh. It's already got the jacuzzi fitted. I'm ever sorry, you'll have to take it back out. Oh, you can't because you'll be in jail. Oh, dear. I was wondering, can I have your house keys while you're inside? I want to use your jacuzzi. Oh, I remember I was in court once, and I think it was the third time or second, I can't remember, I was drink driving, and I actually handed over my phone, my prized possession, my phone, my iPhone, and my house keys to my friend who lived on the same street with me because I, I thought it was going. I thought I was going to go down and I was petrified. Horrible. But you didn't? No, I didn't. What, fined? Fined and a three-year ban. And then the third time it happened, I think the first time must have dropped off. So we still only classes the second time. Ah. Because I missed the custodial again. But when I look back, I remember once I went to a bar to have a drink before this. Before the case? Before the case, yeah. Oh, that's wise. Yeah. I thought it might be my last drink. And I remember sitting in the bar and suddenly life became very appealing all of a sudden. I suddenly had this thing overcome me with the thought of going to jail. That everything else was, was a billion times better. And I, was, and I was like, so when I didn't get sent down, I started to enjoy life a lot more afterwards. You know, Funny when it gets to crisis point is often where we realise, isn't it? Because mm -hmm. we are crisis merchants, essentially. Well, I certainly was. This is an ethical question, really, because and take the drink out of it as well. Mm -hmm. It's, am I really going to do something whereby I'm covering up a known offence like that? Mm. And... Oh, I couldn't do that. You know, once I've started doing things like that, what happens next? And can I look myself in the eye if I'm prepared to do things like that? There are some things that you might consider not doing anything about. It's just one of those things that, you know, you get... It's, You've got to look after yourself these days, and if you're doing everything correct and right and to the book, and you're not one to feel guilty about anything and, and stuff like that, then of course it's just going to affect your recovery and stuff, and secrets and lies don't help anyway. Well, secrets and lies don't help per se. Mm. Don't help anywhere in your life. It's mm. not necessarily about booze and drugs, is it? It's actually about what is going to complicate my life. Telling lies is going to complicate my life full stop. Mm -hmm. And I think... From a spiritual point of view, and not wanting to complicate your life point of view, yeah, you definitely don't want to go down that route. I mean, anything could happen, couldn't it? So, yeah, the, I said go and find someone else to do your dirty work. Yeah. In the nicest possible way. It'd be something, though, if this was a friend who was genuinely thinking, oh, I'm sure he'll do it for me. It's the kind of thing where you end up with one of those resentments. I struggle that? with that stuff sometimes. When there are people being resentful towards me over something that really shouldn't be an issue. Oh, I struggle with that too. I struggle with anyone having anyone. And I just have to look back and say, well, I did the same thing. 
know, I expected people to do this, and mm. they didn't. They did that, and of course I was catty about it, and I was resentful about it. And it's not the way to go. And it's this whole thing about treating people properly. Yeah, putting boundaries. In well, I mean, one of the other things I'll probably be be what I would do, sorry, is probably just say, look, I've already got so many points on my license, and you only protect these ones, and um, I'm banned. Yeah. And these days, virtually everyone's got points on their license, exactly, don't they? Exactly. Right. I think we've done that one. One more. You are being made redundant at work because the boss has it in for you. They've purposefully lied in order to get the redundancy through. Do you, A, ring one of the tabloids and turn it into a sensational story of persecution, rinsing everyone for as much as you can get? B, take legal advice. C, stay late one night when you know the boss is locking up on their own and kidnap them, then take them to a disused barn and torture them until they change their mind. D, just take it on the chin and go and look for a job elsewhere. It's not worth the hassle. E, confront them on the office floor and expose their whole scheme in front of everyone. Mm. I'll take a bit of all of them as an answer. Yeah. The trouble is, you seek legal advice these days, and there's a big massive bill at the end of it, isn't there? Yeah. It depends how good that company is at covering their tracks and how much clout they've got behind them. I've always been really cautious when I've worked for somebody, you know, a company. Anything they say they will do is usually set in stone and they tend to have a shit file on you as well. So yeah. they can use against you at any given moment. So they yeah. want to get rid of you. So not knowing whether they've got a shit file on me or not would be a bit of worry. And I think if you're getting made redundant you're not being asked to leave without pay are you no they could sack you for some reason made up or whatever and if they've gone to the lengths of being dishonest to get rid of you they've done it in the nicer way then they could have just sacked you for the hassle of it all I'd probably set the money and run on the one hand yeah you're right about the legal thing mm. and the, the cost is mm. prohibitive isn't it to mm -hmm. get a decent lawyer to actually contest something like this and also, as you say, it's redundancy, not the sack, mm. which puts a different colour on where you go afterwards. Yeah. I think, as something very similar to this happened to me, I think part of the issue for me in dealing with that was my reaction to it at the time. Because the way I responded at the time was, yeah, I chucked my toys out of the pram. But I was only focused on how ridiculously unfair and criminal the whole thing was. And because of that, I never really dealt with it. And I didn't think of it in the wider context, mm. that it was a redundancy, not a sacking. And also, yes, it did involve some pretty criminal lying, actually. Really? Think about it, yeah. Because it, I would have had a field day even then. Because it was made up, but there was part of me that was walking away anyway, already. And in the end, I really did just walk away in disgust, even though I knew that I could have taken them to court. And in the back of my head, I wanted to expose that. And I still wrangle with it today. I know that the person who was responsible for that got struck off a few yeah. years later. Oh, okay. Presumably for trying to do the same thing to someone else. But that didn't change what happened for me in my job. And I think there was part of me thinking, well, I can't afford the legal procedure. Mm -hmm. And even if someone did it pro bono, I wouldn't necessarily get anything back because in certain organisations, people can lie and get away with it. Yeah, definitely. And they can do things that are criminal and get away with it because when you've got 
a set of documentation and policy that's not necessarily set in stone. Mm -hmm. And when you've got records of meetings mm -hmm. that are not being kept electronically, and these records of meetings that might be being kept on paper, mm -hmm. and there's no way of proving that someone has taken the records of a meeting or invented the records of a meeting, and it becomes your word against theirs, yeah. there's all sorts of skullduggery goes on. And really, at the end of that, Ronnie, I just didn't want the hassle. I didn't want to be part of anything like that anymore. And it discoloured the whole thing. Matthew has arrived in the building. Yeah, man, a bit late. Sorry, guys. A bit late, that's all right. We're just talking about a dilemma. If you got made redundant from your job for a reason, which was a complete lie. So the boss was just like, wanted you out, made you redundant, managed to get you through the redundancy, but it was a blatant lie. How would you react to it and what i was just about to just go on to say was what i would do knowing that it was a lie because i'd be worried about my past employment as well because i've always had to resign from my jobs rather than get fired so if i've got too many of them that's not going to stand up good in court or going to be looking at my past history so i would take the redundancy and then i would try and rinse that company my way and this is wrong this is the wrong <laughs> way by the way but you know if they sold i'd up like i'd have a a van full of them away or I don't know I probably would get revenge or something it depends what the company was and what they was doing sabotage them it depends on it again depends what mind state you're in <laughs> if you're in active addiction you're going to go straight to revenge and fuck them over and take a van or Oh yeah. Find a window and take all the computers and all the lead off the roof so it goes through. But if it was today, or at least you're a bit further on in your recovery, you'd have to get on a legal route, wouldn't you? Or you'd have to talk about it first, <laughs> otherwise the lead might look a bit appealing. <laughs> you yeah. <know> what I mean? <laughs> Need a lot of lead though, wouldn't you? Lead, you can just strip it straight out. It's not really too much. You can sell it, yeah. Yeah. But it's more so the water gets in and fucks the whole building. Oh. <laughs> Okay, of course, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? We used to watch them pinching the lead in the houses over the road from me. There was building houses and they were stealing the lead off the roof. Because they tried to make the lead decorative at the yeah, same yeah. time, do you know what I mean? So obviously they actually used a lot of it. And I'm thinking, what are you doing? You mad bunch up there, but then I realised, yeah. And they're like boilers as well. When I went to look at my house, there was a boiler and everything in there. When I got the keys to it, the back window was smashed and the boiler was gone. Little toe wrecks. I hope the crack was good. <laughs> can you say that? Yeah. You can, yes, <laughs> you can. Whether it stays in the programme or not, I can't guarantee. But um, you can say what you like when we're actually recording. Oh, is it record? Oh, I do quality it. control afterwards. Oh. <laughs> if there's anything been said, I think passes. Better oh, not Matt. say that. <laughs> And they substituted the mouthwash and I checked the ingredients, I said, I can't tell you. Really? Well, because they'd substituted what I asked for. A bottle of bells? No, not a bottle of bells. No, I mean, that would have been really obvious, wouldn't it? But no, they'd substituted it for mouthwash with alcohol in it. And I can't mm. be doing with that. Okay. But no, if it had been a bottle of bells, I think I'd have noticed a bit quicker, wouldn't I? Yeah. Mm. Yes, here is your order and here's your whiskey. Uh, <laughs> no, I didn't order any whiskey. <laughs> You've got me thinking two things now, because one, oh yeah, we can suffer from an emotional hangover now, though, can't we? These yeah, days, spiritual awake or hangover yeah, yeah, yeah. thing, you go up and you've got to come down, man. Mm, Everything, isn't it? Mm, 
that keeping the balance, isn't it? Okay, so if I get someone coming in who smells like a brewery, sits down in the corner and starts, mm, uh, then obviously it's an emotional hangover. Yeah, it's a spiritual hangover, and Tesco's delivered them with alcoholic mouthwashing by accident instead of non-alcoholic. And they've drunk three bottles of alcoholic mouthwash, <laughs> and as a result, they're chronically hungover. And that's the second thing I don't look at whether it's got alcohol in, in or not when I buy mouthwash. I don't use it anymore, actually, I don't use it. My dentist told me I shouldn't use it, so I don't use it. Why? Why? He just said it's pointless. Uh. He said, when do you use your mouthwash? I said, well, I brush every morning, every day, obviously. And I said, and then in the evening, if I haven't got time to brush my teeth, he went, what? I said, a mouthwash? And he says, well, it only takes off like 20% compared to brushing or something like that, he says. So he said, you've got to brush every evening. I said, okay, I'll brush morning and evening. And he said, and you can't use mouthwash after brushing your teeth because your teeth are at the rawest form. And then what you're doing is you're eroding the plaque the enamel enamel no not the plaque you want to get the plaque off bro my dentist was fine with mouthwash she said it's just for um, disinfecting your mouth Mm. obviously we have different dentists yeah I ain't even got I think most of the enamel's gone on my teeth anyway from the ridiculous amount of (laughs) I I think I'm this cheap vodka and cheap cider that I've imbibed over the years yeah yeah I've had various dentists tell me, mm, there's not very much enamel on the back of your teeth. <laughs> no? Oh, what a surprise. <laughs> I wonder why. I've always brushed my teeth, apart from when I went on a three-month bender. Yeah. <laughs> For three months. I'm going to go and fish all that mouthwash out of the bin again now. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're being telling me it's good for it. You said it is useful if you just used it, let's say if you've just had a meal or something like that. Oh, I don't know. We'll see about that. It's got alcohol in it, though, I'm sure. No, I get one that hasn't. Mm. Will it come up when you breathalyse? Because the police used to always say that to you, didn't they, when you was getting breathalyzed. Have you? Well, anything like Nitol or mouthwash could give you a positive reading, but it's not going to give you a positive reading that puts you over the limit. It's just going to give you a very it small be, positive reading. Could be, though, you, you had just enough so you was under the limit, and then you'd have a... Oh, mouth. so if you went and got leather the night before, and you got up with a reading of 0.3... Mm. And then you did your teeth, mm. and it went up to 0.36. Yeah, mm. you'd be in trouble, wouldn't you? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, man. I wonder if Airwaves has that effect. Apparently, grape juice has 0.6%. Orange juice has 0.5%. What? Apple juice has 06 Really? Yeah, I swear down. Well, I can't drink grapefruit juice anyway. I wonder if that's the reason why the because doctor said it, that. I'll have a look. I swear to God, grape juice came in the highest. My yeah. doctor said to me, you're allergic to grapefruit juice. I went, really? And I wonder why he said that. Maybe it's because I was my alcoholic tendencies. Maybe he thought, get him on, keep him off the grapefruit juice. What led him to this conclusion? Some medication or something. No, there are some medications that you can't touch grapefruit juice with. Uh, so it might not be an allergy, it might be if I'm on certain medication then I shouldn't Depends mix. on the medication. I'm not allowed grapefruit juice. Orange mm. juice naturally contains 0.5% of alcohol. Mm. Following the myth that alcohol burns off while cooking, experiments have proved this not the case. <gasps> I don't use alcohol to cook anymore. One day clean. <laughs> I don't use alcohol <laughs> I don't drink orange juice. Or apple juice, grapefruit I'm not allowed. Yeah, I wouldn't drink grape juice. I like grape juice though. What's grape juice? Does grape juice have alcohol in it? It's not fermented. 
Like a lot of fruit juices, grape juice also can contain small amounts of alcohol. This occurs because natural yeasts in the air can get into the grape juice and begin fermenting to produce alcohol. Natural so yeast in natural the air. Natural yeast in the air, yeah. Well, that could be for anything though, couldn't it? You'd have alcoholic sausages then, because... <laughs> no, because it hasn't got... It's That'd not be the, funny, actually. It's, it's not the... Uh, it's you can't eat any of this stuff, you can't drink any of this stuff, because it's all got 0.01% in well, it. Well, hang on a minute. These sausages, you've relapsed on sausages. Well, <coughs> I'm getting suspicious about my housemate now, because we have profiteroles. rolls. Now, what's it called? Tiramisu? Tiramisu? Not tiramisu, I meant profiteroles. Uh, no, tiramisu. Yeah, tiramisu's no. got a flat-out alcohol in it. No, it's not tiramisu. Then, tiramisu's got straight Can't you get there. non-alcoholic tiramisu? Not proper tiramisu. Okay, what about... Mm, we had sausages there. <laughs> you had tiramisu sausages? Look, sausages aren't going to make you... Yeah, but they had apples stuff inside. <laughs> Apple sausages? That's just a... Yeah, well, I'm concerned about my house, mate. That's buying everything that, that it's could just possibly a, have any kind of A yokel sausage, isn't it? And putting apple or leeks or whatever. Well, yeah, apricot in it and, and cranberry. But, and... No, but tiramisu is... No, no. Yeah, tiramisu is proper. They don't burn anything out of it. Well, no, because it's put in... Meat, no, we did, we did. Yeah. We did. And Christmas pudding, isn't it? Christmas pudding, they have it poured on for months, don't you? Brandy poured yeah, on Christmas, Christmas pudding. pudding. You can't have an ordinary Christmas no, pudding. Man. We did have a tiramisu. That's like loose, isn't it? It was definitely non-alcoholic, actually. said non-alcoholic, no alcohol on the box. That must be strange. I've never had tiramisu before, then. I've had tiramisu before. Not since I've been here, but... Rank, mate. Not for me, bro. Nah, <laughs> bro. Rank like shit. And Christmas pudding is horrible. I'm more of a Victoria sponge, chocolate fudge, oh. carrot cake, baked quails. I'm not really eating. big on desserts. I don't know what's happened with me because since I've got a lot, I've got sober. My, I love desserts. I could eat bowls and bowls Bro, and bowls. It's the and sugar. Bowls. It's the sugar. That's what it is. It's, it's the taste. It's no, it's the amount of sugar that you've been ingesting with alcohol. Yeah, in a sugar. bottle of vodka. There is a huge amount of sugar. Is there in vodka? Yeah. It's got in, zero in calories in though. But there's massive quantities of sugar in everything. But nice gin. There's loads of alcoholic drinks that have got way more sugar than you think they have. Yeah. And immediately when you sober up, the first thing you're going to crave oh, after that. alcohol is sugar. Yeah, I remember that. I was Sweets, always... cakes, anything like that, biscuits. Coffee with seven sugars, please, mother. Yeah, absolutely. That's a hangover from the amount of sugar that was coming into your body by the alcohol. Do you know what? Yeah, sugar's worse than. So if you've got a depressant, mm. where it's alcohol, it affects one part of the brain. Heroin like, affects a different part of the brain. Stimulants affect another part of the brain. Sugar, the whole bastard brain is going mental when you intake sugar, like high amounts of it. And it's so addictive as well. Sugar's like Especially really, refined sugar. Yeah, mate. Natural sugars aren't so addictive, but refined sugar yeah. is terrible, isn't it? What's refined sugar? Is that like the one you scoop out? Do you know That's what I mean? your white sugar. Yeah, your you standard get. caster yeah. sugar and your granulated sugar. and Sugar you get in fruit is just natural sugar. Yeah, glucose and fructose. and uh, Sugar cane, yeah, what sugar is made from. I don't know if it's got any nutritional benefits to it, but it's actually like not as bad for you. as You can sit there and chew on a sugar cane. Like a toffee apple. Yeah. Well, last night we had... Oh, I didn't eat it, but I knew that in the freezer was... Strawberry pavlova ice cream, and on the side was a velvet red something cake. I can't eat it because I'm trying to calorie count at the minute. There's no point calorie counting if you're eating that stuff, is there? No, we woke up in the middle of the night, two o'clock, and, and you had to eat it. <laughs>
ping, that's there, and the ice cream there, and I saw I had one scoop of it. And it went. <laughs> and then I went back to sleep, and then I woke up again, one scoop And then of again, it. Yeah. yeah, and then by the morning it was gone. Oh, it wasn't even my ice cream. I wouldn't be leaving bed to eat some cake, right? I'm sleeping. <laughs> so it wasn't even yours and when you woke up at two in the morning you thought all oh, right i'm on that it doesn't matter who's it is when i'm sleep i'll call it sleep eating when i wake up like that i'm like Lord. <laughs> i didn't know that so i used to eat and there was a guy who lived there and he went nuts he did because i used to eat his what do you call it that chocolate nutty nutella yeah mm. well he's just spoon it out <laughs> yeah you bastard <laughs> Uh, oh, you've got all that to look forward to, being around students. Nah, nah, I'm in the dry house, aren't I? I'm You're staying there? Yeah, I'm staying there, man. I was hoping to hear tales of you putting up with Bro, off-key students. I'm telling students. you, mate, they would have to put up with an off-key fucking me. <laughs> Let's have it right, yeah? Pranks, mate. I've had experience. I'm a younger brother. It will go down. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm the youngest, yeah? I've got some tenacity, I'm telling you. Because students do lots of very, very silly things. Yeah. Mate, Especially when they're away from home for the first time. I can't really remember if anyone was doing stupid stuff last time. <laughs> I was just off well, my barn. No, I was there for about six months and I don't remember none of it. A very no, long was... freshers week you had then. Yeah, I would say so, yeah. I don't think this freshers week stopped, mate. I think that was my problem. No, yeah, that would. It may well have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and all them are tootling off to class, and you're still there. I tried, bruv. I tried. No, I wasn't smoking crack at that point. It's the same thing. It just progressed, progressed, progressed. Bang. But I was nailing ketamine to the point of K cramps and gram lines. I was sniffing a quarter a night easily. Disgusting, mate. Disgusting amount. I used to just run up tick bells with this geezer, and then I'd pay off a little bit, and then I'd tick more, pay off. Probably I'm still remember about three grand. Part two of Matt's guide to how not to be a student. <coughs> yeah, how not to be a student. Yeah, yeah, seriously, man. But again, it's powerlessness, isn't it? I was just trying to do something. And to be honest, I'm grateful I had that experience because it really drove home to me. I ain't going to do nothing because I wanted to do it so much. It's the only thing I've ever wanted to do, and I couldn't do it. Could not do it if I was using... total lack of control, isn't it? Just total, total delusion, total... I'll tell you what it's painful man it's really I hadn't sorted any other trauma out and it was all like bro it was it was difficult man I still got modules I passed modules yeah and I went to school I got no GCSEs I went to college and I fucked all that up I didn't do my apprenticeship this is all for addiction yeah but yeah I got modules in and this is level 5 stuff man I was passing it alright mm. it was at the bottom end but I was passing it man do you know what I mean I was off my head bro definitely not advice but it's very difficult to concentrate on actual work, isn't it? Yeah. When you're nailing that amount of... I would wake up in the morning, right, and I look at it, the work I've done, mm-hmm. and I'm not even talking about the subject I'm doing. <laughs> I just off my head, mate. Seriously, I was like, really unwell. And if I was passing things and I was smashed out of my tree, mate, and I'm sober, I'm well collected, well, I I'm just keep doing this stuff I'm doing, I will pass it, man. This yeah. stuff mystifies me, actually, because I, I really struggle as an undergraduate and I didn't really do very much and I didn't go to many lectures and, and I I struggled with the overall experience because I was already so chaotic I was already ill I'm, I'm sure of that How old were you when you went to you? About 18? Or not I was 18 Yeah, 18, 18. And I was already off the rails in various respects and I think at the time you know, there was a bit more 
covering up going on when it came to student pranks that got out of hand some stuff was excused when perhaps it shouldn't have been mm. and the last thing they were going to do was call a psychiatrist and in terms of going through that and yeah you say that about passing modules and not even realising you've done the work I, it amazes me sometimes to think that I got through those three years and got a degree at all. Yeah. It was only when I went to do my postgrad and I was a bit chaotic there. Nowhere near as chaotic as I was in a, as an undergrad, but I was still chaotic. And I actually failed an exam and I had to retake it the following year while I was doing the PGCE. And that was, I think, probably the first real wake-up call, knowing that I really needed to do something not knowing what to do, not knowing where to go, not knowing what I could or couldn't do to deal with it, but I knew that there was something not right. There was something not right about my entire approach to everything I did. Mm. Everything. And, and then I kind of bumbled my way through and then ended up in a career that I happened to be quite good at. But, you know, looking back on it with the great benefit of hindsight, None of it was very organised at all. We were talking about organisation before you got here, Matt. These days I have to tell myself to be organised. Yeah. Whereas it would appear that Ronnie's a lot more organised than I am. I'm a bit more fly-by-night and I have to write lists and I have to remind myself, you need to batch cook, you need to do this, you need to do that, because otherwise I will just spin, spin, spin. Yeah, I know. I find it, I think the adjustment from all this stuff is going to be, I don't really know. You know, I don't really know. It might be better. I know where I am. Yeah. I know what I've got to do. And potentially I could have a morning a week to do my batch cooking, to do my washing, to do that, and then go to the afternoon lecture. Then come... I don't really know. Or you've got to do your washing knowing that you've checked the weather and then put it out before no, you no, go out. I, just, I we, do we, that now. We've got these rails, heat rails. We'll just put them on that in the front room and then open the window. I know it's not good for you, but it's... I'll put mine in, okay. in the airing cupboard. Everything outside, if I'm I've got the whole airing cupboard to myself. Have you? <laughs> what have you done? Hijacked it? No, I had the, the tiniest, smallest room in the house, so I yeah. needed the airing cupboard to put my clothes in. I couldn't fit a clothes horse in my room. But now that I've moved to the big room, I've still got... <laughs> you haven't said anything. <laughs> Out the smallest room, but you still commandeered the airing cupboard. Mm. So no one else is allowed in it? Absolutely not. What would you do if you found a rogue hoodie somewhere in the middle of all your clothes? I'd ask the person, because I know whose it would be, and I know that their rooms are big enough to be able to fit a clothes horse in. Yeah, but is yours now big enough? Yeah, but would you take legal action? <laughs> or would you anymore. interfere with their clothes horse, perhaps? You take all Crazy. the tins out of their cupboard and pour it all in there. There's one yeah. person in Pour the it house. all in a flower pot and put it back in their room on the hottest day of the year. There's yeah. one person in the house. Or, or get some sardines. And put them at the back of the radiator. Yeah, mate. Or, or tuna or... Or that, you know, what's that <laughs> Swedish fish that's really, really bad, apparently? Ravelax. I don't know, but open that bastard and then put it on underneath your wardrobe <laughs> or something. Just let it sit there. Get a load of Marmite and smear it all over the it sheets. It wouldn't be that much. Under bad, the pillow and then they'd yeah. put the hand out. Ah, what that would, would come do, off, would it? Was, I would fold it up and I'd put it away within all of my clothes. And when they said, where is this? Where is that? I said, I haven't got Tell it. Tell them you sold it. I had that thing. I thought that was mine. I flung that out. I thought, what am I still doing with that? I yeah, the it. charity collection's mm. been done today. I've given away a load of my old clothes. <laughs> 
Oh, and I thought you needed to lose some as well, so you might find your wardrobe's a bit light. And then obviously big them up and be like, oh, I didn't think it fit you anymore. Look, you lost loads of weight, you know what I mean? And obviously they might take you a compliment and forget about them. And then when you hear them scream, when they find out that you've sold their entire wardrobe. If that was to happen anyway, I know who would have done it. And trust me, they would. How can you predicate something like that? What do you mean? How can you know? Who I would know who would do something like that in that house, who would decide that. Ah. They'd have to use mine because their room is absolutely diabolically upside down and inside out. They've got the biggest room in the house, yet they still use the whole house and extension as their bedroom. Their clothes hanging off doors, hanging off radiators, hanging off this, that and the other. There'll be a bag of pots which needs to go somewhere, sitting there for a month. And you'll be like, why is that bag of pots by the front door like it's waiting to go somewhere? Oh, well it is, I've got to take it to my mum. So it's been there for a month. Yeah, I know, but I'll forget if I don't have it by the door. Oh, it needs to be by the front door. You don't get bags of rubbish by the door. Oh, we get them outside the back in the garden. Really? Yeah. So Aren't you inviting rats by doing that? Yeah, like, and the birds split the bags open. And of course they do. Like of course they do, yeah. When I was on detox, one Sunday, someone cooked a chicken. And I said, right, let's just stick it in a saucepan and make some stock. And this person said, no, I'm just going to chuck the carcass over the fence for the <laughs> birds. It's and a chicken, but... <laughs> A chicken carcass you're going to chuck over the fence for the birds. <laughs> why the hell? Why don't you go the whole fucking nine yards and stick it on the table in the garden and say, come on, ratties. Yeah. It's dinner time. How do you do that then? Do you make a stock with a ch chicken? You, you just stick it in a saucepan with water yeah. and a bay leaf. Right. And cover it and simmer it for a couple of hours. Is Chicken it? Stock, yeah. Well, then you cuck all the bone marrow out of that. You're just boiling off the bones. Yeah. That's all you're doing. Hmm. Give that a go. You do that with bone and anything. You strip all the remaining meat off, and it's just chuck all the bones in a saucepan with some water and add a couple of bay leaves, and then bring it to the boil and then simmer it. So if you're doing beef with that, a bone, with a bone, yeah. beef bone, pork bone, and anything like that, with yeah. any bone, if you put Water, bay leaf, bit of mixed herbs, bit of salt, bit of pepper, and then just simmer it. With a lot of chickens, you'll get a layer of fat on the yeah, top. You that have to skim off. However, what you will get is is natural stock that you can yeah. use as sauce for anything, or it's, and also you can use that for making gravy, of course, mm. or any sauce. <laughs> we see that was something I learned as a student. There yeah. were things I did learn. To. I did learn how to well. I really learned that I couldn't live with drugs in, in, in like I couldn't do it, bro. I was hurting everyone around me, you know. I got kicked out of two student blocks for scrapping and drugs, and it really brought home to me this isn't possible, man. And then after all of that, I come back and I was like, oh man, let's have a beer, man. I mean, by the end of the week, I was smoking crack. Do you know what I mean? It was like bang, bro. You ain't getting away with this. This is gonna happen. Over, over and over, like it already has, and it's just getting worse. And you ain't beating it, bro. Mm -hmm. These guys in the meetings ever decreasing yeah. circles, doesn't it? And everything gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And in the end, there's no way of hiding from the fact no. that you need this out of your life. Yeah, I need booze out of my life because every time, it's always in the mix. Other factors come and go, but this is the one that's constant. And I've been trying to pretend that it isn't constant <laughs> for a very, very long time. You know, I envy you. I was almost twice your age when I came in, you know. And I spend all this time trying to make excuses. Mm -hmm. 
for something that I've known all along, ever since day one, it's been obvious that that's the problem. Or that's the problem because that's what brings out various things in me. Mm-hmm. And I have to learn to live with it differently and to learn to live differently. And probation officer said to me, you know, we can kind of keep seeing a lot of each other. Like, yes. And she went, I've noticed, or have you not noticed that every time you're in trouble or something goes wrong in your life, alcohol <coughs> or drugs has something to do with it. I was thinking, well, that's just my chance, that is. Oh, it's just by chance. I actually believed it was nothing. I didn't think, it's just pop luck that that would happen when I was drinking or that would happen when I was on drink. And it was like, it wouldn't normally happen with drugs. It took me a long, 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 long time. You know what I used to claim? I used to claim, well, I'm drunk most of the time, so it can't be the key factor. Yeah, it's not Because if I'm drunk most of the time, it must be something else that's causing these odd incidents. Yeah. (laughs) Do you remember Scarlet House? Yeah. Mm. Oh, did you go there? Yeah, I went there. I used to have to do like, drink awareness courses and stuff, but I even still... Was that the drink diaries and the reduction yeah. programmes? Mm. Did they work? Not for me, they didn't, no. I found, for me, when I did the drink diary thing, if I told the truth, they told me I was lying, and if I lied, they told me I was getting better. And it evidently wasn't the right system for me. I did see other people do all right with it genuinely do all right with it I was horrified but then I wonder whether they were ever drinking the way I was in the first place because I did see some people clearly get in some way better of course I didn't see them in six months time so I don't know long term but for me it either meant I lied or I told the truth and they said this isn't possible and I'd still go off like you Ronnie and get pissed straight after anyway I think any support is good support, isn't it? Because like you just said, oh, yeah. it didn't work for you. But some people, they drink loads, yeah, they're like, fucking hell, I need to sort this out. And they sort it out. It doesn't fucking work for us because we have this thing where we don't have a choice, really. No. I do think, like, yeah, all right, the first time I took drugs, I had a choice to do it. Did I really, though? Did I really? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You'll never know. There's so much that is just, we can speculate and it makes sense, but we never know the truth, really. I think though with support, if I take any form of support along the way, it will all play some part in me finding the way that works for yeah, me. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, which is why I would never decry any form of support, anything that anywhere is offering. Yeah. Even if it's not the one that works, I still need to go and it's do still it. still highlight. But some, some people it will work, you know. Mm. Some but people it will end. You know, like, how many drinks do you have per day? The graph didn't go high enough, so if I added a naught onto the side of it, then it would, my graph would be able to fit into it up how many drinks I was having each day. <laughs> and that was still a lot. Because I was just pleasing them. Yeah, it's going down a bit tonight. Oh, I had a terrible time this week, so it's gone up a bit. And it's going, oh. I remember I would either over-exaggerate or massively under-exaggerate. I, could, no, I couldn't have, didn't have the capacity, to be honest. I remember doing my first step one. And it's the spiritual principle is honesty because it's obviously yeah. we admit, mm-hmm. yeah. I genuinely believed, hundred percent, that mm. I was an honest guy. Yeah. I did. Yeah. I was so deluded. Mm. I was so unwell, and then like progressed and progressed and progressed. I'm not gonna lie, man. Like, I've had spiritual awakenings whilst being off my barnet. That previous one I just said about I how they like, don't count. Something got awoken, bro. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? When I was under that bridge again after failing uni. And then a week later, I had a drink, by Friday I was smoking drugs, and it was like, bang! 
I knew. When you I said spiritual awakening, I thought you meant <clears throat> whilst you were actively smoking. Yeah, the oh, yeah, yeah. We're not like smoking. Yeah, not yeah, not yeah. like having a trip. It was like a realization. Oh, yeah, you do that. A, real, a big boy. Re- you know, then ones when you're walking down the street and it's just you stop, you stop. Have you ever had that one? Yeah. You know, you know, you're walking down the street and you and you're in your own world and then you have this thought. It's like boom, and you just stop. Like that's real, man. You've and then you're like rational justification. Walk on, get the drugs, do the thing, and it's like a bit like Star Wars, isn't it? You know, the the Force Awakens. Yeah. You just have this moment. Whoa. It's like bang, and it, all you see with clarity, and then whoosh, you know what I mean? Like like a clam. There you go, have a pearl. Well, we have actually exhausted our time. Yeah. I don't know how. I if we're talking around the same topics, does it matter how? No, it doesn't, I don't think. It does not. It matters how, because we, it matters that we've done it sober. That's how we've done it sober. And it's all in the It's all in the how. It's all in the how, and Ronnie's being profound. <laughs> and Matt's busy being philosophical, saying we don't know if it's true or if it isn't. No, and so we'll leave you with that. <laughs> we don't know shit. If you've heard anything that's resonated with you, either for you or for someone you know and love, then don't hesitate to seek help. Like we've just said, mm-hmm. there are various different types of help out there and any one of them can be part of your journey. Yeah, man. So don't balk at wherever there is and whatever is offered. Try it first before you decide. <laughs> Try it before you panic. No! <laughs> don't, and what did you say? Don't balk. Don't stop by thinking, oh, no, this won't work because you don't know whether anything's going to work until you've tried it. And we will love you and leave you, and we'll be back next week. In a bit. Ta-da.